0: Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining
1: us today. Let's get to it.
0: Oh, yeah, Monica, let's do this. I'm medicated, got my herbal lemon tea next to me, and we are ready to go. We are food warriors this week, I tell you.
1: Yeah, uh, pushing through it. Uh, definitely, my family's been looking at me, going like, "What is wrong with you?" I mean, one day I think we were out. I don't know who knows, like, like four events or something like that. And uh, they're just like, "Hey, aren't you sick?" I'm all, "No, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> we're good." Yeah,
0: yesterday, yesterday was like seven hours. I can power through it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. We're good. Totally. Yeah, I, I, I think I uh, down the last forty-eight hours. I've downed. Two big orange juices from Costco, and took I don't know an absorbent amount of Dayquil, and then mm-hmm. and some and some Tylenol, and we're
1: we're good to go. So. No, I know you've been having it hard. Uh, I've been yeah. You win. <laughs> you win. Nelson's the winner. You guys. There's, <laughs> there's
0: too much. There's too much food in Seattle to go around. There's too much food in Seattle. I can't miss it. So <laughs> welcome to episode 24 of the Seattle Foodie Podcast. Thank you for joining. Monica and I, we're excited and we've got a lot to recap and a couple events. And then we have a fun interview as well as a sandwich from our fellow Seattle foodie that we're going to talk about later. Let's get right into it. Huh?
1: Monica, what do you think? Um, I think that sounds great. Um, Is it okay if I start? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, wow, it's, it's been a really busy week. Uh, we did a Pike Place Market food crawl with Leslie Kelly. Um, that's at Leslie Dines 58. Uh, for those of you who don't know Leslie, Leslie is a famous food writer, former restaurant critic, and she has worked for newspaper magazines. And... She used to be in these awesome taste made videos from a few years back, and we Nelson and I were so lucky to be able to have her share some of her favorite spots at Pike while she was in town. Um, she basically now, for a while now, has traveled the country in an RV with her husband, and so we were we were lucky enough to see her. Um, they they can be found doing that on. At our grand tour on Instagram, I don't know about you, Nelson, but I have my favorite places at Pike, and I feel like I'm a guide. But I'm always interested to see other foodies and where they take me because the market is so diverse and ever changing and has a life of its own. Um, what about, is that something that resonates for you too?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I have my favorites around there, but Leslie took us to some places that I've been, I've bookmarked for years. But I just because I keep going back to the other places, I don't have time to visit the places that Leslie took us to. I mean, sure. Leslie Kelly is like a legend. I mean, she worked for Seattle P.I. And like you said, there used to be an app called Made, and she did a bunch of videos. And I, I would lay down in my bed and just would watch those videos for
1: hours because I was like, what restaurant are they going to now? And it's just just crazy. We got to try out a whole bunch of places, that some of which we have, some of which we haven't. The first place was Pike Place Fish, and we got to sample some oysters, and we got to learn a lot about oysters in our region. So that was kind of fun. Uh, We stopped by De Laurenti for olive oil tasting. And Nelson, I know you and I have been to De Laurenti plenty of times, and I don't know about you, but I've never done any olive oil tasting before.
0: No, me neither. I had no idea that on the second floor that there was all these olive oils for you to sample and in these little and you can pour it in these little cups and you just take shots of olive oil. I mean,
1: (laughs) I had no idea. I know. It's just, you know, it's different types of olive oil in terms of how old they are and like different flavors. And they're just sitting there on the counter and like, like you were saying you just come up there and grab these little cups and do shots. And, and you know, I never really paid attention to like olive oil like that before. Like it's almost like a wine tasting where they all taste really different. Absolutely.
0: And there are nights where I just want to do an olive oil and a nice quality balsamic vinegar. Mm-hmm. Just kind of dip some nice French bread into it. And that's kind of a good appetizer. So I'm going to go to De Laurenti's in the future to, to try out these different olive oils to purchase.
1: Me too. I wish I would have known that before. Um, We also stopped by the crumpet shop and I think you and I have been walking by that place for quite a while. It's been on our list to try and we finally got to and we tried this uh, ricotta pesto crumpet and it was pretty savory and I really liked it.
0: Oh, the crumpet was so soft. I remember my dad eating crumpets back in the day and the crumpet shop way better (laughs) than what my dad purchased. (laughs) I loved it. I mean, I'm so glad I got to try it. It's been on my bookmark for years and mm-hmm. I just never got a chance to try it. The best thing about it is people saw my stories on our Instagram, on Seattle Foodie Podcast. They messaged me the next day and took pictures. I was like, I went here and I was like, <laughs> it was pretty cool. I really, I really enjoyed it and I'm glad we got to share that with other listeners.
1: Yeah, I want to go back to try some of the, the other flavors. So pretty exciting. And, you know, there was quite a line there too for like an off time a of day. Yeah, yeah, I was
0: very surprised by that.
1: All right, next stop on the tour was Bavarian meats for meats on sticks and just yes. meat in general, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got to try this really delicious bratwurst with a couple of different kinds of mustards, and my favorite, I got to walk away with bacon on a stick. <laughs> yeah. and and, you know i mean it's um thick cut bacon so it's you know not really skinny in fact it kind of reminds me of um almost pork belly but not quite that thick but i did bring home some and my family just kind of looked at me going like what is are you carrying bacon in your purse i'm like yeah i'm carrying bacon in my purse who doesn't
0: yeah no after tasting those bacon on a stick and how thick they are i am way more of a fan of the thick slices and thick cuts of bacon than, it, than I am to like the traditional breakfast bacon, mm-hmm. which is the thin slices. Yeah, um, The thick cut has like a, a fattier taste to it. And like you said, it's like pork belly but
1: bacon style. Mm-hmm. So that was delicious. And then we ended our Pike Place adventure at Etta's and we got to try crab cakes two different ways and also fish and chips. And um, I think uh, we've told people before we're fans of Etta's.
0: Absolutely, we've talked about Edda's several times in our past episodes. Um, we're big fans of Tom Douglas and seafood and Pike Place. I mean, Edda's is symbolic, is
1: synonymous with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. So let's see. I don't know about you, but I had a really great time with Leslie. I was so glad she was able to make some time um, on her trip back to Seattle to spend with us. And uh, it's always an adventure to explore Pike. And I'm always looking for new things that I haven't tried before. Because like you said, we kind of just go to the same old places that we always go.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so much to explore in Pike Place. We can just rattle off 10 places to just try out as you're you're sampling. And it definitely isn't a place just for tours because I do venture Mm -hmm. there. Maybe like ten to fifteen times a year. I mean, just to just to mm-hmm. walk around and just to grocery shop, and as well as get lunch and just mm-hmm. eat there. So there's a lot of good restaurants around there too, as well.
1: There are. Uh, what else are we recapping, Nelson?
0: Well, um, we had the opportunity, thanks to Emerald Palette, um, we got two tickets to the Seattle Wine and Food Experience Grand Tasting on Saturday in Monica. It's like so much wine and there's so much food. I cannot believe it. I mean, the Seattle food and wine experience, Grand Tasting at Bell Harbor, it was a packed house. I mean, there were so many people there.
1: It was, there was everything there. There was food, wine, there were spirits, there was beer, there was like hard seltzer. And there were tons of our friends there as well. So it was pretty fun Yeah, we saw so many good friends.
0: Some of our favorite bites, though, came from Thompson, Seattle with their duck sausage, kefir, lime dukes, seafood and chowder, maple, bacon, bourbon, Alaska, weathervane, scallop, Copine's Dungeness crab salad with dashi aioli as on a forbidden rice cracker. I love that. Mm-hmm. And of course, Chef in the Hat, your friend, Lule's hot chocolate with mm-hmm. a salted biscotti. It was perfect.
1: It was perfect.
0: Yeah. And Hood Famous Bake Shop was giving out... Um, their ube, famous ube cheesecake mm-hmm. and um, just to let everyone know they're, op- they're opening up their seattle international district location very soon so mm-hmm. keep an eye out on that and of course there's so much wine i got the chance to visit sepe in bellevue and they were serving up good wine out there as well as uh, my friends at Goose Ridge East Estate Winery. Shout out to my ex coworker Devin Bacon, who's pouring wine out there. And like you mentioned, there was a lot of people that we saw, a lot of uh, Instagram friends.
1: Um, who did we see? Oh, let's see. Larger Than Life. Let's start with Larger Than Life. Uh, Fork Deep, who's (laughs) COSA. Yes. Uh, Justin Oba, Obalicious PNW. And Mm -hmm. he was also working the event promoting uh, Saver Passports and Tours. Um, TDT Eats. Uh, Let's see. The Yelp Crew. So that's Haley and Brittany. Yep. And let's see. Am I missing anybody? Of course. Nelson. Yeah.
0: Not me. Not not Nelson. (laughs) Not Nelson. No, Lowe. no, no. The other Nelson. The other famous Nelson. Nelson Young Nelson and Kimberly no. Lynn. Yeah, yeah, and Kimberly Lynn as well. Um, Yeah. So we got got a chance to talk to all of them. We hung out with the, everyone. um, Spent some time with the Yelp crew, and we were just drinking wine and um, just eating bites and bites and bites. So much food. Oh man, what was your so favorite? Food.
1: You know, I, I have to say, my favorite came from Thompson, Chef Derek. So um, it's the duck sausage on the stick of lemongrass. And it had mm-hmm. such a nice spice to it. And the texture was really awesome. And just, um, you know, keep an eye out because Thompson's going to be reopening a, a rebranded restaurant soon. And so I'm really looking forward to trying that, hoping I'll see stuff like that on the menu. Yeah. Now, Monica, if you're a big wine
0: fan... I think people should bookmark it for next year because Mm -hmm. there was so much wine, tons of wine. I mean, we didn't even get through a quarter of the wine wineries, they were serving up the wine. So, um, if you guys are big into wines, I mean, this is, this is the, this is the ticket you should get next year. So be on the lookout for that. I think it might be at Bell Harbor again, but they might change locations, Mm -hmm. but we'll, we'll absolutely let you know when 2020 rolls around now. Before we went to the Seattle Wine and Food Experience Grand Tasting, Monica, we got to go to Capitol Hill for an event. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, when you and I do it, we do it right. So it's not like we can (laughs) just go like, you know, just go to like a wine and food festival. We got to brunch it out first. Right. So you and I went to Capitol Hill uh, for Peruvian Eats to Latin Beats with Don Luchos at Chop Suey. So Don Lucho's is a food truck in Seattle, and they serve up really great sandwiches. And you might recognize them from the orange trailers that they have. They have two of them, and they do a lot of catering. On Saturday, they did a takeover of chop suey, and they were serving up delicious food that's different than what you might see on their food truck menu. And so we tried all kinds of things. We tried empanadas. We tried um, chicken wings. Um, we had ceviche. Um, all very delicious. Um, I think with the empanadas, though, that's really interesting because they actually collaborated with Maria Luisa empanadas, and they put pulled chicken in there with an ají- Amarillo sauce. And then you and I both love chicken wings. In fact, you know, I can't eat enough chicken wings. Uh, <laughs> and what we tried was uh, Peruvian chicken wings. And you know, Nelson, I know you are, you're a fan of naked wings. I'm not a fan of naked wings. These were naked, but they were very flavorful on the outside and infused and very juicy inside. So I have no problem with these at all.
0: Yeah, I love perfectly seasoned wings. I mean, they are they're the mm-hmm. best. And um, they're large portions of the wings and they, they just have a nice crisp and a crunch to it. And I, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that. They gave us two dipping sauces, which were great mm-hmm. as well, but I just like to eat them naked
1: by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm that's ceviche so you know oh, yeah. i grew up eating ceviche that was you know it's always been like chopped up in really small chunks kind of like a really minced salsa but the ceviche that don lucho serves, us, carlos served us um diced rockfish mixed with lime juice so you get that nice citrus punch onion cilantro aji limo served on a bed of lettuce with uh, andean corn and sweet potato All of these flavors, just flavors that I'm not used to tasting, um, just just so exciting uh, with all the textures to try something different Um, in such huge, huge portions of the city.
0: Yeah. Huge portions. I mean, these were like eight ounce, half pound portions of just rock fish. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was so much. I, I I finished it, but I barely finished it and you took, you took yours home. So yeah,
1: I had to take mine in the car with me it to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it was, it was a really great way to start the weekend and I think, um, you know, food trucks having different opportunities, not just food trucks, but actually, you know, chefs who might not be have their own kitchens or new businesses that are trying to get off the ground. Um, I think, you know, you were telling me, like, what, a, what an interesting concept this is and how it might be really helpful to small business.
0: Yeah, I, I'm surprised that not a lot of other Seattle bars do this because, look, most Seattle bars are busy, friday through sunday and in the in the nighttime but in the daytime there's not really that much business that is drummed up so i think it would be a great opportunity for local chefs who don't have a kitchen to to use or uh, food trucks to do that do similar things what chop suey does and do a takeover Mm -hmm. and um cook from 12 to 6 p.m and have people eat food and drink beers and have a great time and then and and then when the uh, nightlife rolls around it's they just transition over. I mean mm-hmm. that's I just I just think there should be more of that. And I I loved what Don Lucho's does because like you said, the food truck mainly serves sandwiches. Expanding their menu out, doing different stuff, like cerviche, then they rarely serve cerviche and empanadas and all of that. They are able to flex their muscles and show what they can really do beyond making sandwiches. Mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah. Everything was so delicious. And, you know, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Like I love the portions that people give us, but I think sometimes they don't know, like, like it's just like one place after another is just like so full.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, but everyone is so gracious. I I know everyone everyone around the Seattle food community is so gracious and we are so grateful to Mm -hmm. have them as friends and Mm -hmm. to welcome us. And, um, we just, I, I just, can't thank them enough totally. for everyone. Agree. Yeah. All right, Monica. We've been talking about burgers from Little Woody's for the past couple of weeks, and we're almost there. We are almost there, Monica. <laughs> the bag will be mine. <laughs> the bag. Our. It'll soon be mission accomplished. I mean, <laughs> this past week was week three of Little Woody's Seattle Burger Month, and it featured Sawyer chefs. Uh, mitch mayer's burger the deli burger mm-hmm. and this is basically new york meets little woodies, pretty much mm-hmm. right yeah. because you had thick slice of pastrami quarter pound of painted hills beef the cream cheese mornay sauce spicy kosher pickles russian dressing and it's all on an everything spiced bun so i mean it's it's it screams new york and mm-hmm. this was a, the pretty pretty good burger what you think
1: yeah, it was a good burger. Um I like the Painted Hills beef and like you said, that big chunk of pastrami. Um I, I, I love pastrami anyway. Um, but those New York flavors and you know, the everything bun is so hot right now and, you know, everything's seasoning. And I love it. Um, but I have to say, like, I made a huge, huge mess. I'm pretty sure, like, I got poppy seeds all over the area. And, you know, I, I felt really bad because I'm just like, oh, who's going to clean all that up? Like, there are poppy seeds everywhere. There was, like, I don't know, I was pulling it out of my hair and, like, shaking it out of my shirt. So I just found a couple today. So it's it's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so Monica, not a clean eater. That's that's pretty much the hot take on there.
1: What did you just say to me? I'm not a clean eater? Okay, Nelson. Okay, Mr. I'm a clean eater. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hot mess, you guys. <laughs> well,
0: the fourth and final burger to end Seattle Burger Month, we're ending it with a bang and some Filipino flair. Our friend and chef, Melissa Miranda, has her syrup sandwich. Roasted pulled pork adobo, chicharrones, radishes, fried garlic, petite salsa verde, all on a Hawaiian bun. Just for you, Monica, all on a Hawaiian bun because they knew that you're coming.
1: I know. I can't wait. That's so thoughtful of them. I'm going to have to shout them out for that. Thanks for the Hawaiian buns, hon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone, go out and support Melissa's sandwich. But most importantly, I want to let everyone know to go and donate to Musong's Kickstarter and help make Melissa's dream come true and build a brick and mortar restaurant in Beacon Hill. So, help her reach her goal of $75,000 and you can donate on her Kickstarter page. So, go to kickstarter.com. And you can also find the link at Musong Seattle's Buy on Instagram or you can search Musong on Kickstarter. It's called A Tribute to Philippines Food. Um, Monica, I'm going to donate uh, soon, and you can purchase as little as $25, or you can purchase multiple packages too. But um, I, they just started a couple days ago, and I think you have about 28 days left for the Kickstarter before it ends. So definitely go out and donate. Melissa is so awesome, and I can't wait to have her open up Musang in Beacon Hill. All right, Monica one last event you got and we just did it. It was a brunch at a Capitol Hill place.
1: Yes. uh, We had brunch at soy on Sunday and they serve up Northern Thai food. And we had a chance to sample their brunch. Um, I was really struck by how friendly and um, caring all the staff were We're like, they were so great. So many of them. And we had the perfect light to take pictures, which is really rare (laughs) when we go out to eat. Um, yeah, we don't we, care
0: we don't care about the food anymore. We just want to take the pictures, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. No, no, we no, wanted,
1: no, no. We want beautiful pictures and cool. great tasting food. Yeah, yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> so, let's see. The drinks that we tried, we tried the Naomanal and that was yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to sample Bloody Mary, mango mimosa, and then I had a plum fla- flavored mocktail with house-made grenadine that was quite delicious. So, I really like that.
0: Absolutely, I love their mocktail selection. Just mm-hmm. it, you know me. I love fruity drinks, but at the same time, I'm not a big alcoholic drinker with cocktails. So, the bartender at Soy is awesome, and he made that concoction with their own house made grenadine. They you mm-hmm. they make their own grenadine, which is, which I know is they're legit when they do that Mm -hmm. and their nomina was like a lime soda with coconut and it was so delicious Mm -hmm. i i just love their drinks their drink menu is off the charts and they just have a great selection of spirits
1: Mm hmm. They absolutely do. And um, I, you know, I always appreciate when I ask for something non alcoholic, and they bring me something that treats me like a grown up, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> that they don't try to bring me something like, you know, a Shirley With Temple, juice, yeah, a Shirley Temple, or uh, your favorite. What do they call it, Rob Roy? Roy? No, Roy not Rogers. Rob Roy. Roy. Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers. <laughs> Roy Rogers.
0: <laughs> the Coke version. The Coke version of Shirley Temple.
1: <laughs> yes, for no, sure. Th-
0: th- I agree. They're they're more sophisticated. Their mocktails are mm-hmm. more sophisticated. And I don't know your your drink must have had probably five or six different ingredients in there.
1: Yeah, you know, it, was it was beautiful. It looked beautiful and it tasted delicious. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know why more bartenders can't get this. It's just like, what do you put in a cocktail? Think about how to balance it minus the alcohol. It's uh-huh. that simple, yeah. <laughs> right? <Yes. laughs> All right. The food, you guys. Yes. The food, the food, the food. Okay. So we tried the cow soy. And so that's a um, curry noodle soup. And so that here's what I love about that. Nice and spicy. Not oh, yeah. afraid to spice. Not afraid. It yeah. was
0: so good. I. I mean, yeah. you can really taste it, and yeah, that was
1: probably my favorite dish out of that. Out of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can totally understand why that's their signature. Um, just the noodle texture in there, the fresh ingredients, um, the squeeze of lime for that citrus pop. Um, I loved everything about it. I was just bummed that I had to share with Nelson because he kept eating too. <laughs> but I whatever, you, that happens. I let you finish it. What the <laughs> heck, man? <Yeah. laughs> That's because I didn't want to fight you over the chicken wings, which is another thing, you guys. We love chicken wings. And so uh, they have really great uh, chicken wings here that have a really nice um, sauce on it with garlic and fish sauce and so many other things. I thought I tasted some ginger in there too. Um, But nice, sweet, sticky, little spicy, and just woefully messy, which is the signature mark of a good chicken wing. Yeah, these wings were...
0: They're big. I mean, they were huge wings and very saucy. I really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love that mixture of that fish sauce and the garlic. It really, mm-hmm. it really works with it. Reminded me of when we went to Pok Pok, right? But yeah. this was a little bit saucier, um, mm-hmm. but the, the fish sauce was, was really
1: good. I mean, I, I loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um- What else did we try? Oh, we tried the pork collar and eggs. And um, what was kind of cool about that dish is that the pork was really well done and definitely a cut that I'm not always used to. And those eggs were beautiful, even though, you know, sometimes egg porn doesn't always work for us. (laughs) (laughs) By us, I mean, Nelson. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at it, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm not good at it. We'll we'll go to the video evidence later. Um, But they also had hand-cut fried papaya. So it's hard to describe, but it's kind of... um, The papaya sliced thin and sort of forms um, almost like a nest, right? And so you just have this mountain of, like, shoestring papayas sort of connected and fried. And it's a really unique flavor that's not unpleasant. It's kind of... um, it's a little mild, but goes really well with some bolder flavors, I'd say.
0: I loved it. It's such a great alternative to um, whenever they do like, I've, I've seen like shoestring fries, right? Mm-hmm. But they did it with papaya. Mm-hmm. loved it. Never had it before. I will have it again. It went so well with that pork collar. I, I enjoyed eating it. I mean, I took the
1: leftovers home and I, I just ate it again. It was so good. The next dish we had was in a skillet, and it's called kai grata and it just just screamed comfort to me uh, because it has some of my favorite things. like I love Chinese sausage, pork belly, and eggs, and then those things mixed with some veggies and served with toast, like a really rustic toast. Um, it was delicious because I kind of love those brunchy scrambles with all kinds of stuff in it, so it hit every mark for me, and we did get good egg porn for that one because hashtag Monica. <laughs> You cut yes.
0: through, you cut through both eggs, and it just it kind of just came out. But it was good. <laughs> the pork belly was delicious, and people need to put Chinese sausage in dishes more often. I mean, yes. the salt when it cooks into mm-hmm. the dishes, yes, creates a nice taste to mm-hmm. the dish. And um, I don't know why people aren't using that enough. It was it me was, either. Yeah, I really liked it with, especially with the peasant toast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. is, that screams like brunch dish to me.
1: Yeah. Listen up, you guys, 2019 for the rest of the year, more Chinese sausage on the menu. <laughs> yeah, <that's> right. <laughs> that's right, I know I, I love to cook with it because of um, just the greasiness of it and all those flavors come out and I like to fry up that sausage crisp for texture, but it's just delicious. Yep. And then we, and, and then we ended with dessert. Yes. Yeah. End it with dessert. You know, we we're kinda of getting full, but you know, you know us, you guys, we are in it to win it always. <laughs> you know um, what I had told You know what Monica
0: said? She was like for roti, I have room. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> we were all kind of full. And you know, we're sitting there chatting and I'm just like, Nelson, I'm just gonna tell you, like for real, if I'm not going to say no to roti. So if they offer me roti, I'm going to eat it. Like I, I, I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> so we had some, some roti with a banana, egg, and hazelnut chocolate. And I thought, I'm just like, wow, what is this egg doing here? Let's try that out. Um, I loved it. It was a little bit of a, a savory flavor to go along with the flavor and texture of the banana. And hazelnut chocolate, I'm in all the time. And just all in that crisp shell and then drizzled. Um, just so delicious. So, so delicious.
0: Yep. Loved it. I mean, I've, I've never had roti like that before.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: The egg cooked
1: inside went well with it. I mean, it was was great. Absolutely. All right, you guys. Soy is open for brunch 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on the weekends. Highly recommend. I feel like we only tried a portion of the menu. Like there's so much more discovery to happen there. Yeah,
0: there was a lot of items on the menu. You guys should go check it out. Thank you, Soy, for having us. Mm -hmm. Um, the service was excellent by the way. I mean, they were all over the place and working hard and, um, you know, the bartender would come out and deliver your drinks. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's really, really good, good first-class service. I I really thought, Mm -hmm. yeah, but I had a great time. It was fun. We have just two events to give to you this week. The first one is going to be fun. Monica, have you ever, how, when was the last time you went to the aquarium?
1: it's been a few years
0: yeah i have to admit yep yep yeah, it's been a few years and when i mean years i mean i think the last time i went was like on a field trip to like middle school that was the last time I went to the <laughs> <center court. laughs> so i'm excited for this event um <laughs> restaurant after hours on wednesday february 27th at 6 30 p.m the seattle metropolitan chamber of commerce is hosting one of their biggest events of the year and it's restaurant after hours monica like I said, it's going to be fun because it's going to be at the Seattle Aquarium. So you're going to be dining with all the fishes and mm. there's here's your ch- here's our chance to redeem ourselves and visit the Seattle Aquarium. <laughs> Over 20 food and beverage vendors, including Pike Brewing, Don Lucho's, as we mentioned before, Etta's, as we mentioned before. There's also Homegrown, Honest Biscuits, Iver's, Nutty Squirrel Gelato, our friend Nutty Squirrel is going to be there. Fremont Brewing, Pasta Casalinga, and there's so many more that I haven't named. There's over 20 vendors. It's going to be fun. And tickets for non-members are going to be $35, and for members are $25. You can go to the Seattle Chamber Instagram, and their bio has the information that you can click on to purchase tickets, or you can also go on
1: seattlechambercommerce.com and their website and purchase tickets there as well. Sounds great, I'm really excited, but we're, we're dining with the fishes, right? Dining with the fishes, yeah. not on the fishes? Did I say okay, dining okay. on the fishes? I meant dining with the fishes. No, no, I was just, I like to eat fish. So I just <laughs> want to make sure, I, I understood the rules. I just want to be sure I got it. So with the fishes, yeah. okay, got it. So
0: are, are any of the vendors gonna serve fish or or is it gonna be offensive that you're serving fish at the
1: aquarium? I don't
0: know, was, is that- a... I don't know,
1: I don't know what the rules are. I don't know what the rules are. I don't know, I'm don't just know. asking. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fun event. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it as well. <laughs> and Monica,
0: so we always say nothing stops events, right? But, yeah, appar- I- but apparently Snowmageddon pushed some things out of the way. So mm-hmm. what, why don't you tell us about um, this event in the International District?
1: Yeah. Snowmageddon was brutal. Uh, events being postponed and canceled. Uh, on Saturday, March 2nd, from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., you'll get a chance to celebrate the Lunar New Year in the International District. There's going to be a Lunar New Year food walk. And uh, basically, this was postponed from from February. And why I think it's so important to support this event is because uh, a big part of the celebration is a $3 food walk. So basically, you get a food map of the International District, which includes Chinatown, uh, Japantown, a little Saigon. And um, a number of businesses give you a $3 item. And so you're getting to learn more about those businesses, taste the food, and hopefully you'll come back um, and and have full meals. But there are vendors like Kau Cow Barbecue, which we've talked about plenty here. Dim Sum King. um, Thai Curry Simple would be serving a $3 portion of curry and rice. Saigon Deli will have fresh shrimp or pork rolls. Crawfish King uh, will have shrimp skewers. And there's so much more. So if you want to plan your attack, which I recommend that you do um, visit the Facebook page of the event, and they have all the participating businesses um, for you to visit. And so I always like to plan what I'm going to go get uh, sweet and savory and drinks as well. Um, Because sometimes some of the more popular ones, the lines can definitely get long. Um, Do do you ever go to these, Nelson? No,
0: I've always wanted to do these $3 food walks. Mm -hmm. It's it looks fun. And they have, they're highlighting a lot of the places that we, we talked about in our Mm-hmm. Um, past episodes of, of our Chinatown neighborhood um, yeah. feature. So, um, if you guys want to try and sample those places that we all recommended, this is a this is a good list.
1: Yeah, it's a great chance.
0: Yep, Monica. That that's pretty much all the events that we have for this week. Let's go ahead and get in our interview. So our interview this week is with founder and owner Dennis Ballin of Blazing Bagels. And we went to an event at Blazing Bagels uh, not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And since opening in 2001, Blazing Bagels has been pretty much synonymous with bagels in Seattle. They have locations in Bellevue, in the Soto District, as well as their main headquarters in Redmond. And right now, I want to tell you about annie eats foods bagel sandwich so mm. our friend annie eats food has a Bon malicious bagel and she won the instagram contest and for her prize she got to create her own sandwich and it's named after her and wow. this is the so exciting i know isn't that awesome i'm mm-hmm. bummed that uh, well first of all i'm bummed that I didn't win, and I'm bummed that you didn't win, <laughs> but I'm happy that Annie won because she got to create yeah. it. It's awesome, and this is this is the perfect sandwich for her because mm-hmm. the Banh Bagel is a Vietnamese bagel sandwich, and it comes with herb turkey, chive cream cheese, pickled carrot and daikon radish, cucumber, mm-hmm. an egg, spicy mayo, arugula, cilantro, and it's all in a toasted bun. Monica, I got mine on a garlic bagel because let's face it, I wasn't planning on kissing anyone in the next couple weeks. So I went ahead and weeks. got a garlic bagel and so good. <laughs> I mean, this is a monster of a bagel. Like I could mm-hmm. barely hold it, hold bo- the whole bagel in like one hand. I mean, there's so much, <laughs> so much going on. And I loved how they have like the pickled daikon and radish and all the, all the vegetables that you would find in a banh mi sandwich is all on mm-hmm. there. Really, really good. Go out and support Annie Eats Foods Bagels um, and get her Bonnie malicious Bagel at Blazing Bagels.
1: Yeah. It it sounds really delicious. And, you know, the thing about Annie too is if you guys don't follow Annie yet, we know you will be, but Annie's a recipe creator. Not only does she go out and, you know, eat food just like we do, but she creates recipes and, you know, I have to say like her food looks excellent and I'm always drooling over what she's cooking, thinking about making it myself. But, you know, I mean, so she's just, she's so fantastic. So I just feel like, I don't feel bad about not winning. I mean, I think in terms of our food community, like I can't imagine somebody who should one you know more than annie absolutely i
0: mean she's she's the cook she's the she's the seattle mm-hmm. foodie cook so mm-hmm. um i don't know what my sandwich would be It was probably just be like roast beef and like and swiss cheese or something i don't know i, I don't know it'd be so in un- half an
1: Elton. it would be so that's all i remember it'd be
0: so unoriginal <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad annie was able to create her her um i'm so glad she was able to create her concoction of a, of a bagel yeah. sandwich so but blazing bagels you could like i said you can find them all over the place, as well as grocery stores. And Dennis Ballin is our interview today. Here it is. Hello, Seattle. I am at the headquarters of Blazing Bagels in Redmond, and I'm here with the founder and owner of Blazing Bagels, Dennis Ballin. How are you doing, Dennis? I'm doing good. How are you? Awesome. I'm a big fan of Blazing Bagels. As I've told you before, I used to live an exit up from here. So working at a gym and in the morning when I had some dead time, I would come down here and pick up some bagels. So pizza bagels are always my favorite here (laughs) and I'm a big fan. So this is kind of exciting that I get to interview you today. I kind of know a little bit about your origin story about Blazing Bagels, but for our listeners, why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
2: I will. Well, back years ago, and I'm thinking about 40 some odd years ago, dates me. When I sold office supplies in Southern California, I'd see these people, college kids, selling bagels and cream cheese sandwiches on an igloo ice chest. And they would go to offices. Um, it seems like every office that I was in selling my office supplies, they were there. So I, I got to know someone real well with who was doing that. Got to know their supplier and who who, bought, who they purchased the bagels from and, and how many they were selling. And did the numbers. And I said, wow, if I ever get laid off, I could do that and be easy. <laughs> and I know bagels, and uh, even though I'd never made them before in my life. And so I that, never thought I would get laid off, though. And then all of a sudden, one day from the blue, I got a call from my boss, and they said, um, the U.S. operation is closing tomorrow. Go find a job, basically. Okay. So the next day, I went to a local bagel shop in town. Uh, it's no longer there. And I told them I had this idea that I wanted to do, and asked if they would support me, and they said yes. So I uh, went out and with a little flyer and and went to the local companies uh, up and down uh, Willow's, it was a fairly high-tech area at the time there, and um, went to the different offices and told them my idea that I wanted to bring out bagels and cream cheese and maybe muffins, sell bagels to the uh, employees out there. When I got back, by the time I got back, I had about six out of nine companies that I called on. They wanted my service the next day. And I really didn't have a service, I just had the idea. So I had to run home, build a cart, uh, and I did it on a wood because that's what I knew best <laughs> and I bought some baskets. I remember it was like a, a Bed Bath & Beyond or the equivalent at that time. Placed an order for bagels and picked them up at 6 a.m. in the morning and sorted them out in my car and I had an SUV at the time, at the time and um, went out to the first stop and it happened to be Trend West which was a um, travel company and mm-hmm. they still exist but different name now. When I got in the door I heard blazing bagels is in the lobby and so by the time I set up everything there was 25-30 people in line ready to buy bagels. Oh wow. Yeah I was shocked because I I really didn't know what to do. (laughs) I didn't I really I practiced a little bit the night before on how to hand out change because I hadn't done that in so (laughs) many years and my daughter helped me with that. It got so busy by the time I got out there I had to call the bagel shop and ask for more bagels. So after the first day I figured this was going to be fun and so I it kept on growing. I about every two to three weeks, I'd hire someone else and to um, uh, to run that route. I call them routes. And so I would go out and knock on doors and, and uh, solicit for business. And and then I would hire someone to take over that business. And um, and then I would buy more bagels. And it got up to in my van. I was doing about five routes in my van or my SUV and then I grew it to a van and then we ran out of room there and so I grew it to a space about maybe 10 by 12. A friend of mine gave me a little room in his print shop and then I built it to about nine routes. Wow. We were doing offices 200 employees plus from Issaquah to Bothell, T-Mobile that didn't have a restaurant and and every AT&T wireless that didn't have a restaurant in there and we did all those those stores and and uh, all kinds of offices and large law firms, accounting offices and newspaper. To this day, I still see people that bought my bagels from me back then Mm -hmm. and I see them now. So what happened is I I outgrew my supplier and then I I went online to find uh, directions on how to make bagels or some type of consultant and found a bagel consultant online and strange, hired him and he showed me how to make bagels very quickly, like two (laughs) days worth of lessons and how to set up a bagel shop, uh, really for retail. And I didn't want any part of retail. I just wanted to feed my operation. Right. Found this location, and it was very small at the time. And we leased that and started making our own bagels.
0: And how many bagels are you making approximately per day now?
2: We do approximately thirty to 35,000 given day, you know, depending on the 1,000, 30, Thou- thirty to 35,000. Wow. Thirty to 35,000. Sometimes we'll get a large order, maybe a tech on another 10,000 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. We wow. Have thirty-five flavors of bagels, which is way too many bagels. <laughs> I mean, if I was really smart and knew what I was doing, we would have maybe fifteen flavors of bagels. Uh huh. But I never said I was smart or knew what I was doing. So,
0: how does the? You have thirty-five different flavors. Uh-huh. How do, can you tell us a little bit about how the process is in uh, making all these different flavors?
2: And well, the process of making the flavors or dreaming up the flavors. Right. You know? Well, dreaming up the flavors is real easy. You have your basic flavors. So most bagel shops around the country have maybe 12 or 15 varieties of bagels. Your basic, you know, plain, everything, sesame, poppy, garlic, wheat, you know, basic ones like that, cinnamon, raisin, blueberry. And then there's a lot of other fancier flavors, you know, like French toast and and pesto is not their fancy, but it's a little different.
0: Pesto is one of my favorites.
2: Rosemary, um, not many bagel. Shop. I haven't seen a rosemary bagel out there, period. French toast comes in variations and depending on the company. Then we have cheese bagels, and a lot of companies don't even do cheese bagels at all. Um, but we do cheese bagels. Most all the other flavors outside the fancy flavors were suggestions. Mm-hmm. Chocolate chip. A customer came in one day and says, "You need a chocolate chip bagel." I said, well, why would anybody want a chocolate <laughs> chip bagel? And and now on the weekends, it's um, pretty much a family kind of bagel. Yeah. On On weekends, it's one of our better sellers. Yeah. And I still can't understand why anybody want a chocolate chip bagel. But oh, brunch they bagel. Do. Brunch is big around Seattle now these yeah. days,
0: so especially on the weekends. Yeah,
2: but it's fun. just having chocolate chip and a bagel. <laughs> kind of. So most of our, a lot of our flavors are were recommended by a customer. We have a, a product called a Chevy bagel, and, and it really stands for cheddar cheese and everything. And so Chevy, and a customer had came to us one day and says, "You guys ought to do the, the bagel like they have in Starbucks, called the Chunga." And I, I don't drink coffee. I've never been in a Starbucks before. I went down to Starbucks and bought a chunga bagel, and, and it's an everything bagel with cheddar cheese on it. So we duplicated that that same day. Been a popular bagel ever since. So that's how we dream up new flavors.
0: Right. Production wise, because you guys have been in business since about 2001. Yeah. What are some of the big significant changes you've, you've noticed from back then to now that, that has kind of helped with, with blazing bagels and how it's grown?
2: Well, the answer would be people. Oh. People are the biggest change back years ago you'd get people that knew where they were going to stick around for a long time now you don't now it's a different animal you get people that may be here today and they may not be here tomorrow so It's that's been a real real hassle for us getting mm-hmm. to know that Equipment same thing we, we use the same kind of equipment in fact some of the equipment that we have came from you know it was used that when we bought it back in 2000. One, and we're still using it. Some of the equipment we have are a little bigger and a little faster, but not much. It's, we're it, we're still a hands-on production company. Next level up is different. That you will know, we'll have higher-end equipment and equipment that could replace 10 people, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's down the road, though. That's not quite right now. So yeah. equipment really hasn't changed, but it's I think it's the people thing that, that ah. has changed us a lot.
0: Going back to bagels, mm-hmm. do you guys retire any of the flavors? Like, any of the 35 flavors that...
2: We're just going through that right now, mm-hmm. and it, and it's hard to do that. And so you you have because there's people that like them, you know. And the first thing what happens and our our busiest days are Saturday and Sunday, and and I'm out there a lot. I'm here every day anyway, but I'm out there a lot on the yeah. floor, and you know, I enjoy doing that. When you retire a bagel, so if we retired say sourdough bagels because it's one of our weaker selling bagels, the first customer that'll come <laughs> in will say, "I know what happens to the sourdough <laughs> bagel." And well, we had to do, you know, this is what we had to do. I know how that feels. We do that all the time. <laughs> and so I don't, like, disappoint anybody. And so that's it's really hard to retire anything. And that's why we have 35 flavors. You know? right. And so, But it is difficult. If you want to bring on a flavor, we only have so much room. At one point, we, have to, we don't want to double up too much in our baskets that we have, but we do. Bagels are so popular that if we bring on a new flavor, we don't know where we're going to put it. Now, so that's really hard. Are
0: there any new ingredients that you'd like to use this year or a, a new bagel you'd like to try out for the 2019?
2: Well, we're looking at bringing back an older bagel that w- it was like a French toast bagel, mm-hmm. but we put a streusel on it. Oh, my streusel is, is heavy in sugar and, and butter. We're going to try that. We've partnered up with a few companies, we've partnered up with Uli's smoked sausage and also Beechers, and so we are going to come out with a Beechers cheese. And we've been testing a few bagels and a few cheeses from them. Oh, you know? I love so, Beechers cheese. I'll oh, be, yeah. I'll be here, I'll be here every day for that. Well, that's <laughs> that product we had. It's a, it's a smoked cheese, and that's uh, that's dangerous. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it was so good. It, it was so good. So that's going to be dangerous for me too. These
0: are New York style bagels. Yes. Yeah. Has anyone from New York came came to you and?
2: This is way better than what I had in New York. (laughs) Yeah, we we get that all the time, and and we love it. It's the nicest compliment I can have at my shop. We know it's a different shop because of the way we sell the bagels here, and we know it's different because of the volume that we have. And I know it's different because we know what we put into our bagels and the love that goes inside of it. To get a customer to come in and say, "Uh, I'm from New York, and we know it's going to be a tough customer, but when they say these are as good as they get, Or this is better than New York. That's, it put me on cloud nine. We get that. We get it all the time. And it just happened this morning, in fact. And um, so we we hear that all the time. We love it.
0: Since as you've grown, Blazing Bagels is just not bagels anymore, right? You guys have a lot of other products that you sell as well. Uh Um, For me, it's those pretzel hot dogs. Mm -hmm. Pretzel dogs are really good. As well as your sandwiches. Uh, Your Reuben is awesome. I come down for your Reuben a couple times. What other products do you sell here? Do um, you want to let our listeners know about it?
2: We, we do muffins, scones, um, cookies, brownies, and our brownies are to die for. Um,
0: you have lemon bars, too. We have lemon yeah. bars. I've had a lemon bar once or twice.
2: Uh, yeah. We, we don't do any nuts, so we're, we're okay. nut-free. Oh, good. And so that eliminated some things that we did. We, we used to have a pecan bar that was to die for, too, and but um, we, we stopped doing that. We do scones. We do the big old pretzel dogs. Mm-hmm. Hot dogs, and so, but it's basically bagels. It's bagels wrapped around a hot dog. Right. Um, but now we're experimenting with some other flavors like that. Sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do a rye bread. Uh, we call it a Jewish rye, a New York rye, Jewish rye. We do a, a marble Jewish rye. We do challah, mm-hmm. which is the braided, um, braided egg bread. And we do that in different forms. We do a, a, a knot form, of like a roll, dinner roll, and then the challah itself, big challah. We do that for different companies, too. So it's um they make French toast out of it, oh. and Chala makes the best French toast. And then we do a, um, a wheat bread and a sourdough bread. We do a gluten-free bagel, and we haven't played with gluten-free bread yet, but we can. We just haven't had time to do that. And normally we do things when we're asked to do them, so if people ask us to do gluten-free bread, we'd probably knock it off real quick. Oh, bagel chips. Uh, bagel chips are a real fun for us. I mean, they, they This was full... Just a little bit ago, <laughs> and then he brought it in here. Now it's empty, and we're coming up with a new flavor on that, so that's going to be a, that's going to be really exciting, and, uh, and that's going to be a barbecue, oh, bagel, chip. wow, yeah, it was okay. it was really good, and we, and we had it on a on a gluten-free bagel, but we're going to put it on a regular bagel and and see how that works, and that's going to be great, and that that was also a full carton yesterday, <laughs> and mysteriously got empty. Oh, bagel bites, we do different forms of bagels too. So not only do a bagel and, and we do a, a slug, we call it, which is a half a bagel, and when you bake it it looks like a big fat slug, so we, we call it a slug. We came out with a bagel bite. We do a lot of a lot of charity events, a lot of runs, big runs and, and uh, golf tournaments and stuff, but the big runs when they request thousands of bagels, you know, for these runs, and that was getting expensive for us. So we uh, we cut bagels in quarters and then baked them and came out on these runs. And all of a sudden people were coming up to us saying, where can I buy these? And it's the perfect size bagel nosh kind of thing. So we we actually, we now call them Four Bites. And and the slogan is the perfect size bagel nosh. We have them in about eight or nine different flavors, but we're capable of doing them in 35 different flavors. And it's it's becoming a popular item. I have a couple more questions. You were talking about sandwiches. Who comes up with all these
0: names, the Zoe Zuckerman and all these, these names that you have on here when, whenever I look at the, the menu list yeah. to, to pick out my sandwiches?
2: Yeah, the Bunny Bucks Mom, yeah. 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 <laughs> the is Iscoff Sandwich, yeah, and the Betty Balinski. Mm-hmm. So those are all names. They're family names or friends of mine, names. Um, but they're not, so Betty is my mom's name. And um, Belinsky was my original Russian name, so my family came from Russia, and it changed from Belinsky to, Bel- to uh, Belinsky to Balin. Um, Bunny Bucksbaum is the actual one of the only names on there. It's actually her first name and her last name. So uh-huh. Bunny Bucksbaum That's my mom's first cousin. Whitney Winkler is Whitney's my daughter, and Winkler is an, another f- friend of the family. Yeah. And so I combine the first and last name, so I have the, f- the first initial and the, and, uh, the first name, and then. And the initial, first initial and last name make, you know, the same. That was just a personal yeah. question for me. Oh, I, <laughs> no, I get asked, I get asked it often.
0: I look at the venue, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know where, I don't know where these names came from. Yeah, they're all
2: Jewish <laughs> names um, and, and they're, they're, again, friends and families yeah. and I love them. Two more questions. Okay.
0: I see a dollar bill sign out there at the store. <laughs> You've told me the story, okay. but could you let our listeners know what, what the significance of that dollar? Uh, st- how much time sign? we have?
2: No. <laughs> uh, all right. When I first started, when, when you're opening up a business, especially in Redmond, uh, and most cities, uh, the advertising people will come out, the people that, you know, that write the rules on advertising, and they tell you what you can have, what you can't do, and stuff like that. And that's just part of the city. So they, they told me, um, so I asked them, I said, well, we're not doing retail now, but if we can, and if we do, can we go out, out on the street and or on the sidewalk out and, and hold a sign that says fresh bagels with an arrow facing this way? Mm-hmm. Because we're not in a retail area. This is an industrial area that's hard to find. In fact, our, our address is wrong, according to Google. So most people can't even find us when they're, when they're driving up here mm-hmm. at first. So the city said, absolutely, you can go out there and hold a sign. Just follow the rules and, and um, don't send, hand out bagels, samples, and don't throw things at cars and stuff. Common sense things. We did that. We did that for about a month or two. And then and we hired a guy, six foot five guy to go out there and hold a sign. And, and he worked his butt off and he gave a lot of attention to her. He would hold a sign out there and we did that. And then all of a sudden one day the city came in with a cease and desist letter and said, you have to stop or you're going to go to jail for a year and pay a $5,000 fine. Right. At the same time, the Seattle Times wanted to do a story on us hiring hard-to-hire people, uh, whether it was homeless or anybody that, that needed a job, and so when the city came out with the cease and desist letter, we had to uh, call the Times and said, we can't do this anymore because the city won't allow us to do that. And the paper says, sounds like you lost your freedom of speech to, to do that, and I, I had no clue of what they were talking about. <laughs> I had a hard enough time making bagels, let alone following my, my freedom of speech issues. They, they said, we'd like to do a story on you losing your freedom of speech. So they did a, a story on us losing our freedom of speech. A law firm out of Washington, D.C. called Institute for Justice, great law firm. They called us up and said, we'd like to represent you all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, if need be, and free of charge, and they will back us up and fight for our freedom of speech. So we sued the city for $1, and we won in, in federal court, a temporary injunction to go out there and hold a sign while, while I was in court. And we won, and then um, we went to the main court case and we won that and the city decided to appeal it so it went all the way to the U.S. Ninth District, District Court of Appeals and we won. So it cost the city $321,000 and we got $1, <laughs> and that's my dollar. That. So most companies will put their $1, the first dollar ever made. They put it on display, but that was our dollar that's for dollar. beating up the city. So now it's it's next to the sign that says, we reserve the uh, right to re- refuse service to any Redmond City Council members or New Yorkers. And, <laughs> and it says, just kidding about New Yorkers on the bottom.
0: Well, that's it works, that. though, because that A-frame, years and years ago, I, I did, that's how I discovered Blazing Bagels is mm-hmm. watching, seeing that Blazing Bagels A-frame that was out in front of that street by the by the car wash. We
2: you know. still get people coming here saying, I remember your A-frame. Yeah. Or we get, a couple of weeks ago, we had someone come here and say, I saw you guys with your sign out there. And we haven't done that in easily 10 years now. Yeah. And if I uh, didn't see that A-frame, I would have never
0: known yeah. what Blazing Bagels was yeah. back then. Dennis Ballin. Blazing Bagels. Go check them out. And the Bond Mealicious Bagel is coming out this month. Coming Thank out. you so much. Thank you. And that was our interview with Dennis Ballin of Blazing Bagels. Don't forget, check out Annie Eats Foods' Bond Mealicious Bagel Sandwich. They're available at all three locations. Monica, our 25th episode is coming up, so I think we're going to do a neighborhood focus again.
1: Yeah, it sounds great. I know people loved our last one.
0: Yeah, um, I'm excited, and I think we're going to put a poll out, so look for our stories. Just like Dick's Drive-In, you are going to dictate where we're going to go to and focus on.
1: Yeah, it sounds exciting. So you tell us what neighborhood you want us to be in, and that's where we'll be. Hopefully, we will be in some places in that neighborhood.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I hope so. I mean, (laughs) we don't... Yeah, I hope you guys don't pick like a place, like a city like Roslyn or something like that, that we've like never been to or something like that before.
1: <laughs> oh, road trip. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah. So please don't pick Poles Bowl or any, anywhere that's hard to get to, but it's going to be fun. Um, I can't wait. And we're going to develop a big list for you guys. Finally, we just want to say congratulations to the newest Seattle foodie newlyweds, TSPM of Seattle and Bradley House. Luna and Brad just tied the knot this past weekend, and Monica and I are just so excited for you two. When things die down, we can't wait to celebrate and get food with you guys. And don't forget to follow at Bradley House and at TSPM of Seattle on Instagram. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another episode, and happy eating, Seattle.